Welcome to Romancing Nancy Drew. I'm your host, Indy Nickerson, which is short for Nancy Drew Nickerson. And if you are interested, you are welcome to follow me on Twitter at that same handle or at Romancing Nancy. Either one of those is totally fine. Today's episode is actually season five, episode zero, because I need to explain basically two things. First off is fanfic. (laughs) And the second is going to be the fucking Nancy Drew on campus fucking series for reasons. So let's get down to the first part. Whenever I'm planning this in my head, honestly, it sounds like I'm going to give this really weird lecture. So, but isn't that really the genre that we're working in anyway? So it's fine. Um, there's a person who does a lot of research on this and his name is Henry Jenkins. He's been doing a lot of research since like the two thousands, um, about fan works, about derivative works. And his quote is basically that fan fiction is what happens when myths are owned by corporations. Um, whenever somebody shows you something and you look at it and you're like, oh my God, it would be epic if these two people dated or if if this happened on this show or whatever. But corporations are reluctant to do such things because they don't want to lose their audience and this is kind of a niche thing or whatever. Which I think explains a lot of fanfic, especially if we're talking just about like fan works in general. Um, People get deeply invested in pairings in certain shows, romantic relationships on certain shows, Um, maybe seeing if two people who are on different shows would be together. There's all sorts of different permutations to this, but the thing that I want to talk about specifically with fanfic is that it's not at all a new concept. Um... Shakespeare is said to have been basing his works on existing works. So it was basically like, hey, what you've got is really cool, but what if there were a lot more sexual puns? Um, The concept of copyright infringement was not a thing. When I was in grad school, I read Pamela by Samuel Richardson, and then I read two books that were very derivative works off that, Shamala and Anti-Pamela, because people read Pamela and they were like, she is a fucking moron, can we please adjust this? Um, And because after you've released a work, like, nobody was out there going, oh, you are making use of my intellectual property, like, no one gave a fuck at all. You didn't really make a lot of money off certain things, so it didn't really matter. The concept of copyright as we know it is not actually that old, Um, but anyway, so... Corporations specifically own copyrights, and then if you infringe on their intellectual property for profit, they've got some space to talk. Fanfic operates in this kind of weird pocket universe where fanfiction people don't generally make much, if any, money off what they're producing. They're producing it just out of the sheer joy of, what if Nancy and Ned banged a lot? (laughs) I'm raising my hand right now. Um, So yeah, I'm... I have a Patreon going where I actually have people get first look at my fan works. But other than that, like that, that's basically what they're paying for is first look. They're not paying for the actual work itself. And the work is released for free at a certain time period afterwards. So that's how some people get around it. Um, some people trace back like the current iteration of fanfic back to Star Trek because there were Star Trek fanzines that came out in the 60s that we're talking about, like, romantic relationships between people on the show, especially Kirk and Spock, um, which, hey, 
That's fine. Um, because they wanted the people who were writing this and seeing this in the show, like wanted that kind of content in a show that a show that was already pretty transformational, honestly, that was transgressive in ways that no show had been at that point. That's kind of like people glom onto that stuff. Like if you're transgressive in certain ways and they're like, Ooh, but what if we extended this out some? So that's kind of where like modern came from. Um, there's people who write like the next season of a show that's gone off the air. That's that was fairly popular for a while. There's people who like make videos based on like like splice together clips of what what happened on the show so that they can make something new out of it. There are people who do fan mixes, um, fan vids. There's all sorts of stuff where it's just people being so excited about a show that they want to share it with other people and kind of put a little bit of their own mark on it. And a lot of professional authors started out writing fanfic. A lot of them. Because you're working in somebody else's sandbox is one of the ways that it's portrayed. Like, the characters already exist. It's like somebody else's set of Barbies. She's already got her own wardrobe. She's already got her own stuff that she does. If you want to say that she's also blackmailing all the other Barbies who live in this townhouse for vague reasons, you can totally step her into that role. She's going to rock it because she's got some day-to-night shit going on, and she's got this. So... Um, from my own personal experience anyway. So yeah, it's, it's like writing with training wheels, but it's also not because sometimes you might take two characters and put them in a completely different situation, period. Um, sometimes it's a little bit more subtle than that. Um, for example, I'm rewriting season one of the Nancy Drew TV show right now. (laughs) And I'm like, what if Nancy Drew was actually in character? And the show was not supernatural. Let's just start from that. (laughs) And that changes almost everything about the show, honestly. Um, Because they made a lot of interesting choices. And I would also, I would really, really get close to arguing that the TV show operates as not necessarily even fanfic. Um, The TV show operates more like somebody took a plot and slapped that name onto it, even though it didn't share a lot of characteristics with the cast of characters. I could argue that all fucking day. Um, it's just not, um, Nancy Drew is interesting when you talk about fan fiction and this is one of the, I've written a paper on this and one of the connections that I drew was that because Nancy Drew has been written by so many different people, in a way, whenever somebody is writing a fanfic for Nancy Drew, you're kind of stepping into shoes that already exist. And one of my dream jobs, honestly, would be to be a ghostwriter for Nancy Drew. Like, oh my god, that would be fantastic. Um, but anyway, I have no hope that that will ever happen. But it already kind of has happened for certain people. Like, they see Nancy Drew as an intellectual property, and they're like, oh, it'd be really cool if she investigated a serial killer, and they can make that happen. But again, one of the more interesting things about it is that each individual ghostwriter gets to put their own stamp on who she is and what she does. Like, there's a certain set of characteristics, I would say, for Nancy Drew in the original mystery stories that you always are going to have to observe. Like, there's a show Bible, basically. And the same thing for the files. Like, and I think somebody, one of the ghostwriters actually shared, like, a list of rules. Like, if there is a murder, it can't take place on on screen, basically, on the page, which... Nancy doesn't really murder Paula. <laughs> it's a terrible accident. That book is honestly like 
pretty unique in terms of most of the Nancy Drew files. Like, like I've said before, I think that like books one through maybe 15 or 20 are a completely different genre from the rest of them. Anyway, um, like, so no murder on screen, no profanity. Um, there's actually profanity. And I think the next files that I'm going to talk about, I think that's the one, um, fatal ransom, which when I read it, when I was like eight, I was like, Oh, wow. (laughs) I was taken aback. (laughs) It was fabulous. Um, of course, if Nancy and Ned are going to be making out, like, nothing more than that can happen. There's absolutely no way that anyone could ever read into it that they're banging, which I was like, guess what? I'm going to power through that. Um, yeah, so there's certain stuff that you absolutely can't portray, and that goes back to, like, corporate ownership. Um, Harriet Stratemeyer Adams, when she was writing the Nancy Drew series, because she picked up after her father left off, she had definite rules about what Nancy could and couldn't do, what Nancy would and wouldn't do, um... Like, she's the one who instituted the church rule, if I'm not mistaken, so that if Nancy's doing anything on a Sunday, you might just casually mention that she went to a church service that morning. It doesn't really seem to impact most of the rest of her life, but, you know, just letting you know that she's a wasp. Um, You know, for reasons. So, fanfic runs into that. Fanfic runs into, oh, so Nancy and Ned can't be together. Oh, are you sure, though? This also means that the other major pairing of this fandom, I would say, which is Nancy and Frank, like, is not a thing that is really explored if we're going to talk about the mystery stories, actually the super mysteries, um, then I'm going to have to talk about it before I throw my phone across the room. But anyway, yeah, so you get to take the stuff that you like about a property and kind of fuck with it. That's what fanfic's about. Um, So yeah, in my fanfic, there's sometimes that I take Nancy and just put her into a completely different environment. So there's one that I wrote where she was in the Star Trek universe. Like, so basically it's her set in the future. But if the future were Star Trek. Good times. I might do that one. I don't know. I've got a list right now, but I don't know. I'm kind of looking at what made the top hits just so that I can talk about that. Because that kind of makes some sense. The more popular of my stories. Um... I've got ones where you just change like a minor thing. My favorite one that I did for Files 8 was Ned was drugged the whole time and Nancy figures it out and so they don't break up because she's like, you're drugged off your nut. Like, you're you're not responsible for anything that's happening right now. And he's like, you're damn straight I'm not. Like, oh my God, he's so fucking out of character in that book. And I was like, I can't stand this. This is really irritating to me. And Again, whenever they do stuff that you're like, I feel like that character wouldn't do that, and I, being an avid reader and fan, would know this, then you can correct it. Missing scene fanfic, where like you got, there was a fade to black moment where you were like, and then they closed the bedroom door, and you're like, I want to know everything that happened after that. Okay. Anything that you're into, you can basically find fanfic to go after it. So, the other thing that I need to talk about in this episode is the fucking on-campus series. And I'm pretty sure that I've touched on this before, but you are going to need to know for me to talk about nothing else but this. <sighs> I actually um, posted recently an explanation for how the fuck that happened, and it was that Nancy was replaced by a robot. Um, <laughs> a really slutty robot. 
the on-campus series started in 1997, so it actually started while the files were still being produced, like it was near the end of the run. And the main question that was asked was like, should Nancy and Ned break up? Yes or no? And I was like, why the fuck would you even ask this? What monster would break up the best couple in the history of the world? Why would you do this? But they wanted it to happen. Some idiot looked at these like Sweet Valley University series and they were like, but what if yes? So the on-campus series, which I'm I'm really not going to go into a lot of detail about because it will set me on literal fire. Um, she's gone to Wilder University, which is a significant distance from Emerson University and her hometown for no reason. She's never expressed any interest in going to this fucking place before. Um, she is interested in journalism, which again, doesn't really jive with her in the files, but the two are separate series. Like they're not presented as Nancy did the files. And then after the files were completed, she did the on-campus series. You can kind of read them that way, but not really because she's so out of character. Bess and George are out of character. Like, it's like, what if somebody got real fucked up and then was like, but what if we just didn't actually care about any of these people? Much like the show. Um, <laughs> I have a lot, a lot of unresolved feelings about the show. Um, anyway, I, all my feelings about the on-campus are, I would say they're resolved, but they're really not. Um, so yeah, they go there. Nancy breaks up with Ned in book two because she's like been avoiding him for like all of book one after he gives her a sweet locket and it's like, we're going to have a long distance relationship and it's going to be fantastic and my feelings are hurt because you're not at Emerson and Nancy's like, I just want to see who I am without you and I'm like, you're a worse version of yourself. (laughs) That's how we're answering that question. Um, Bess gets involved with a guy who I'm pretty sure she found... Like, I've made up a lot of shit about the on-campus series because I hate it so much. Um, Bess falls for a guy that I'm pretty sure she finds out is gay and then is on the back of his motorcycle when he dies in that act. Like, they have an accident, he dies, and she's in the hospital. And then she starts a relationship with Ned, which, uh, throwback. Um, Nancy and Ned were dating for, like, all of the file series, but there's definite books, and we're going to talk about this, where Bess is like, why can't they clone Ned so that I could have one as well? Bess loves Ned, like, to what I would say is a worrying degree, but it's really not, because she absolutely never makes any move on Ned in the files, um, I've written where she made a move on Ned in the files, because I love angst, which is another thing about fanfic, like, if you really love, like, just sadness and depression, and, like, just a lot of bad things happening to people, and them just going through some shit for the sake of it, then, Fanfic is your friend because somebody's going to have written that. Um, Hurt comfort where it's like somebody is in some sort of pain and then their significant other gets to come over and help them out of it. Like, yes, sometimes you just want to read that. Sometimes you want to read a Christmas story featuring your couple, even if they never appeared in a Christmas story in canon. Um, Yeah. Sometimes you're like, but what if they also celebrated Hanukkah? Hey, cool. No judgment. It's fine. So, um, in the on-campus series, after Bess is recovering from her accident, she, like, reconnects with Ned, because at this point, like, Nancy and Ned have been broken up for a while, and there's this thing where they kind of start dating-ish, and Nancy's all weirded out by it, because she's like, he's my boyfriend, but he's not, and it's just weird. Nancy, in the meantime, like, I was gonna say bangs, but the on-campus series, hilariously to me, like, 
when I was reading this at the age of 15 and wanting to burn it all down. Um, it makes clear that Nancy and Ned had discussed having sex. And I was like, I want to know everything about that. Like, why would you just throw this into a flashback? Um, they had discussed it, but they had never actually done so. And I was like, again, can you talk about your reasoning? Can you, can you walk me through it? Did he get to like second or third base? Like, I need diagrams. I need timelines. I need everything. Um, yeah. So in the on-campus series, it doesn't appear that Nancy ever bangs anybody. It appears that she like makes out real hot and heavy with some people, but it's usually that if things get serious, like they break up. She dates this random medical student who lives in her dorm who then um, decides that he needs to go back home and care for his girlfriend and his soon-to-be baby who he's having with her. And Nancy's like, oh, okay. And I'm like, you're making a lot of bad decisions. Um, She dates her editor of the newspaper. She dates this asshole who works with her at the TV station because, of course, she's on the TV station, which I'm like, we've talked about this, honey. If you are going to have any sort of undercover work, maybe doing on-air segments is not a thing that you should really do. I'm just going to throw that out there, unless you've got, like, a kick-ass wig. Like, you're going to need to get some work done. Anyway, um, yeah, so she apparently bangs all these people, but no, I'm sorry, doesn't bang all these people, but yeah, but I wrote a story where she did, um, or at least most of them, George, the stupid, stupid, stupid plot for her at the beginning of this story is that, um, she is almost drafted into the like she's almost dressed. She has to sign up for the selective service or whatever the fuck. And they're like, because your name is George. And she's like, but I'm a girl. Um, so there's that. And it's like, we're going to imprison you for not doing this. And she's like, what the fuck? She starts dating a guy named Will Blackfeather, who is native American and, um, they bang. Um, so there's that they go on a camping trip and zip those sleeping bags together. Classic 1998, losing your virginity. And Nancy and Bess are like, <gasps> you did it? And George was like, yeah, it was fine. <laughs> Side note, when I talk about fanfic, um, a lot of people, a lot of people, especially in the time of the mystery stories, especially in the sixties, read George's lesbian or, I mean, you can, you could probably pretty easy read her as transgender as well. You could say that she's definitely identifying as a more masculine person. Um, so if you want to talk about fanfic and kind of being transgressive, like that's a definite way to go on this. The interesting thing about the show is that they decided not to make George lesbian. George on the show is like 100% head, I think. Apparently there have been hints of her having flirtations with other same-sex people in recent episodes. But they leaned in and made Bess the gay character, which I was like, sure. Because again, none of their personalities match what they're supposed to be which is what I'm doing with the rewrite that I'm doing. Like, that's another thing that fanfic does, is, like, if something really upsets you, if you're like, Mulder would never have dated that slutty scientist, then you can rewrite it so that he doesn't. <laughs> so that it was all a dream, so that he was drugged at the time, so that there were mushrooms involved, so that it was all a hallucination. So, or you can just write it out of existence. You can just retcon that shit. You can just say, well, I mean, this happened in an alternate universe. And then once this other thing happened in this other episode, it wasn't real anymore. With the Nancy Drew files, with all the Nancy Drew books, 
each book in a way, other than the trilogies, um, you're kind of starting fresh. And again, if the ghostwriter switched within the trilogies, then you're also going to have like these weird little glitches in the matrix where you're like, that's not what the previous book said about that. And again, that's a, that's the thing that fanfic corrects. Like it's, is there for the people who are like so detail oriented that this drives them absolutely bonkers. They do not like when it's like, but you said that he won that game, but you said that his bedroom was gray. Like, oh my God, if you are that person, then this can be the thing that you are into. I wrote like a straight out Star Trek Next Generation fanfic and somebody was like, technically, when you say this, you actually mean this. And I was like, cool, I will correct it. Seriously. It's people who are who live for the tiny details who are like, also yes, fanfic. Also yes. Um the weird thing though is I've like run across some interesting Nancy Drew fanfic where it's like, but what if Nancy and her father were and you're like, no, no, uh-uh, nope, nope, nope. Um, what if Bess and George were no, they're cousins, no, 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 they're cousins. No, no, thank you. Um <laughs> I've actually written, like, what if Nancy, Frank, and Ned decided to have a threesome? Like, I've written that. But, yeah, yeah. The on-campus series incensed me to no end, to the point that a lot of the work that I've written, I wouldn't say, like, 50%, I wouldn't even say 25%, but a significant portion has been, like, okay, how do we undo this? How do we just get past this? And one of the longer stories that I wrote was imagining that we're picking up basically like a year after the end of the on-campus series and Nancy and I getting back together and what that means for them because holy shit like a lot of shit went down another thing about the on-campus series was that they kept going off with side characters that I did not give any shits about they were just random people who were invented for that series so you're not connecting back to like Helen Corning Archer you're not connecting back to people that you, like, Brenda Carlton is not there. That's not a thing that happens. It's just like, oh, well, here's this random character that I'm going to make you care about. And I was like, watch me not. Watch me just flip you off into the sunset. I ain't here for this shit. So, to sum it up, the only rules with fanfic are, do you have at least one character <laughs> from the original work? <laughs> okay, we're good. Seriously, I could pick Nancy and up and I could drop her into any other intellectual property or a completely new setting that I've made up just for her and we'd be fine. It'd be fine. People read it though for specific reasons and people read my stuff because they want to see the Nancy knit interaction, basically. So, so that's basically what I'm known for. That's, that's pretty much all I write, honestly. I've written in other fandoms, but... I've got over 300 Nancy Ned stories, so that's why narrowing it down to what am I going to discuss for the podcast was all sorts of hilarious. But at its essence, like, my fanfic is romancing Nancy. Like, it's it's taking the shit that you can't put into the books, because if you want to very narrowly define the books as mystery stories, like, we're not in it for the romance, we're not in it for her relationship with Ned, and I was like, but I am. Um then this is stuff that doesn't belong there. This is the stuff that you have to kind of shove into the sidelines and maybe hint at. Like, there's one book where Nancy and Ned are celebrating their anniversary, so there's a lot of stuff with them dating and having cute little interludes where they talk about, like, oh, you know, we've had a lot of good times together and giving presents to each other and that kind of stuff, which is, I think that happens exactly once 
in this series. And again, the Nancy Drew Files is 124 books. The mystery stories, um, if I'm going with the original ones, we're going through 56. And I'm not going to do all 56 of them because not all of them have Ned in them. So, yeah, should they be celebrating more anniversaries? Of course, and the mystery stories more releasing one a year. It should be every year, y'all. It should be every year. Um, what would Nancy be like as a mother? Would Nancy even want to be a mother? That is a thing that's never addressed. Like, it, because again, she's a virgin in these books. She is 100% not here for that. And another thing that I'm going to talk about, and I have talked about before, is can you read Nancy as something other than straight? Oh, easily easily. Um, you could read her as closeted, not straight. You could read her as asexual pretty easily. You could read her as demisexual. You could read her as very much heteromantic because she's definitely into dating men, definitely into making out with other guys, dying a fire, everyone. Um, but very much not interested in moving on to the next step. And that's kind of based on the constraints of the books that she's in. But you can also say that like, that's a part of her personality because again, the on-campus series put it as a thing on the table. The bad thing though, is that once you open that door, once you say that Nancy can have sex with people, like I feel like you also open the door to other things that may be less desirable, like date rape and acquaintance rape and sexual assault, which Judging by the sheer number of times that Nancy's been knocked out and abducted, tied up, um, held in bondage, there's all sorts of stuff where the the sheer sanitization of it, the the way that it's all like, oh well, I've got to get rid of you. Like they will talk about murdering her, about like disposing of her body, about like they won't find you. Um, you know, tie her up on a pier so that she'll drown, and then they'll discover her body later. Um, all that stuff, like, it is fascinating to me that it's like, but absolutely no one's going to talk about, like, any sort of sexual assault. And because, again, if we're going to define rape as more a a power dynamic that's happening where somebody's exercising power over you, then that's not necessarily in a sexual way. Like, these stories are very much sanitized. Um, Nancy doesn't investigate claims of sexual assault. She doesn't look at that. She doesn't talk about that. There is nowhere in the books. And if you wanted that to be a thing that she looked into, if you wanted to say, like, did maybe Bess, you know, was on a date with somebody and it went too far and she got upset about it, that's not on the page and it kind of can't be because of, well, basically also the age of the readers that this is directed at, but also, like, she can't cross that threshold. Nancy can't. Once you do that, like, she's an adult, and the books, because she's 18, there's a lot of just, you know, she can't do this. She's not fully realized. She can still be optimistic that what she's doing will make a difference in the world. That, you know, once she puts somebody away, like, that's the end of it for her. The Paula thing is so deeply interesting, and I'm going to refer to that because I'm, I know that you're familiar with it. Um, the Paula interaction is so interesting because it's like the repercussions of what you did. You never thought about it. You never thought that, oh, I'm actually not only destroying the life of this person that I've caught, I'm also destroying the lives of their loved ones, their family members, anyone like that. And she hasn't had to confront that yet. And the thing is that at the end of the book, whenever she and Ned are on the helicopter being airlifted out so that they can, you know, go back to civilization, Ned's looking at her and he's like, wow, you're looking rough. Um, 
she responds at that moment. Like the second the book ends, she becomes somebody else. It's fascinating. It's, it's the same with all the rest of the books because there is not a lot of continuity between books other than in the trilogies. And even those are not extended mysteries. Those are, she's in one particular setting like fucking Europe. Um, I hate that one so much. Um, yeah. So one of the things that I did in fanfic was what if there was continuity? What if she did learn lessons? What if she did like experience some repercussions over what she was doing? Also, what the fuck are you going to do with it? Nancy solving cases in what I guess is supposed to be presented as a gap year between high school and college, even though she doesn't ever really talk seriously about going to college. There's places in the books where she talks about, oh, I could be a doctor. Um, I could, you know, go into these different fields because she's investigating something at that venue. But, and also, of course, because she is Mary Sue and all this. Mary Sue, again, being a fanfic term where it's like a self-insertion that somebody who can do everything perfectly they're a perfect character. They don't have flaws. Um, and it's just like, if I were in this, what would I do? And it's, I would do everything perfectly. And so Nancy very often functions as the Mary Sue character. She's the person that you can map yourself onto pretty easily. You're like, if I were in this situation, I would do what she does. I would knock this person out with judo moves. I would not lose my cool. I would think about how important it was that I got out of there, but I would magically have something at hand that would get me out of there. So yeah. Um, so there's that element of it, but also like, if you're frustrated with that, if you're like, what if she, what if I talk about how she doesn't actually have a resume? (laughs) She doesn't present herself as somebody who's necessarily very academic other than in the context of mystery. So like, would she even be a good fit at college? And in the longer piece, in the longer series where I talk about this, I say that no, she actually wouldn't have stuck it out at college. Like, Solving Mysteries is way too important to her and way too essential to her personality to stick to that. So, to sum all of this up, fanfic does whatever the hell you want it to. Fanfic can fulfill fantasies that you have about characters. It can take you through, like, maybe if you want to work out something and and achieve some catharsis through that. If you're like, I've just always wanted to see Nancy confront this specific situation, it can do that pretty easily, as long as it's within whatever bounds of character you want to imagine. What if Nancy had an evil twin? Any trope that you can imagine from a soap opera, yes, you can map onto this. Anything that you're like, oh, but that would be super corny. Fanfic actually is a really good place for super corny, for leaning in on tropes, for taking familiar stuff and putting a little bit of a twist on it. Um, and there is a lot of value in like, but what if, and it happens on shows too. It's like, but what if Nancy had a Christmas carol and it was like, here's what your actions will do in the future and why you should change. If you wanted to take some sort of interesting gender swap, my fair lady, where you're like, Ned is just talking in Cockney slang all over the place. And Nancy is doing some sort of thing where he needs to pose as someone else. Like, Anything you can imagine. Could Nancy be Maria Von Trapp? Could Ned be Captain Von Trapp? (laughs) They can be if you believe in yourself, honey. It's like every day is Halloween. They can put on a different mask. That Nancy can be 
pursued by a serial killer. Nancy can be in a slasher film. Nancy can be... Nancy is indeed every woman, and that is what fanfic teaches us, as long as we let it. All right, so we're going to pick up with fanfic next time, so as always, stay sleuthy, my friends.